0: Hello and welcome to the Arts Hour. This is Arts Commission's weekly turn at the microphone here at MPB. And each week we come to you at this time with a in-depth interview with a different creative Mississippian. We talk to musicians, we talk to visual artists, we talk to craftspeople, as well as people who help promote the arts in their community. And today we're talking music, we're talking bluegrass music, with our guest Alan Sibley from Ackerman, Mississippi. Alan, thanks for coming down. It's good to be here, Mr. Leigh. Now, Alan, you are a band leader, a musician. You're a member of our Mississippi Artist Roster. You've yes, been sir. on there for for uh, several years now. Mm-hmm. But for those uh, folks, uh, maybe they listen to a little bit of Blue, uh, Bill Ellison on uh, yes, Saturday nights here yes. on MPB. Grassroots. But, <laughs> grassroots. But uh, maybe they haven't been out to a festival or something like that. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Well, uh, we play bluegrass and bluegrass gospel music. And, uh, you know, that's the banjos and fiddle, mandolin, uh, guitar, upright bass, and it's uh, just really a good roots music, uh, rural American music, you know, and, uh, you know, people that listen to bluegrass, you know, they're familiar with, you know, Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs and uh, Bill Monroe, Ralph Stanley, and the music we play is kind of in the same vein as uh, those great bluegrass artists. And uh I tell you we just uh, we travel all over the country. Um, mostly here in the southeastern United States, but we, we, we venture off even a little further sometimes. Uh we're hosting a show now for R F D. T V. Uh that's a uh network on both satellite and cable television. Uh have a show there on Sunday nights at uh, six o'clock here Central Time. It's called The Bluegrass Trail and we've been real busy this year, uh, filming and uh just hosting that g that, that television show. It's really really taken off for us. I tell you it's really good.
0: That's amazing. That's and that and that's a, a great way for people to see you uh, all over the country.
1: So. Oh yes, yes, all over the United States. Everywhere? Yeah, everywhere in the United States. And it's also available um, through different internet television providers. Now, I'm not as up to speed on that as, as the other, but but a lot of people are getting their television by the internet now, you know, and so they can they can check it out on there also. That's
0: RFD, and we'll talk a little bit more about the show in a minute, but let's step back and kind of get a little bit of history about you, your musical history, and uh, I know you got started at a a pretty young age as a performer.
1: Yes, you know, um, I've always always loved music. I've always sang. Um, I first started trying to play the piano and the harmonica, believe it or not, when I was probably about nine or ten years old, and uh, when I was 13... My parents bought me a guitar, and uh, from the time I started trying to play a guitar, the piano and the harmonica just fell by the wayside then. You know, I wanted to play, play stringed instruments. And I had uh, been playing the guitar for a few months, and uh, some dear friends of ours from up in Webster County, uh, they invited us to a singing at their church on a Sunday night, and uh, they didn't tell us what kind of music it was going to be. It was just going to be a gospel singing, and they invited us. and So here we went up there to White Hill Free Will Baptist Church in Webster County, and that night I saw the Sullivan family from down in South Alabama, St. Stephen's, Alabama. And uh, Enoch Sullivan played the fiddle, and Margie Sullivan played the guitar, and, and uh, Joy DeVille played the big bass fiddle, and they had a banjo player from down around Picayune, Mississippi, named Gene Stone. He played the banjo, and I was 13 years old there that night, and I saw bluegrass gospel music being played. And from that time on, I knew I wanted to play bluegrass music, and I wanted to play those instruments that I saw there that night. And so how did you get started, like, trying to figure that music out? Well, I started uh, I started lobbying my parents for those instruments, for one thing, you know. And I already had a guitar, and then a few months later, they, they got me a mandolin. And then from the mandolin, they got me a banjo. And, uh, finally a fiddle. And, uh, I just spent a lot of time listening to records, uh, CDs. I had some CDs, uh, cassette tapes. That was before, a little bit, a little bit before the, the days of YouTube, you know, now the young people can go on, on the internet and look up YouTube and any song they ever wanted to learn, they can, they can, they can find a, a, a lesson <laughs> on, on how to play that song on YouTube now, you know, but, um, uh, I learned a lot also from people that were close by to me there. Uh, Mr. Russell Burton from around Newport, Mississippi. He played the banjo and the guitar, and uh, we attended church with them. And he would show me uh, different songs. And he would also, uh, he had a great record collection of bluegrass music. He had records by the Stanley Brothers and the Country Gentlemen and Bill Monroe, people like that, Jimmy Martin. He would let me borrow those records and I would listen to them and learn the songs. And um, later on, we traveled to a, uh, a church down around the Four Corners community uh, Bethlehem Pentecostal Church. It's located right on the side of Highway 25 there in the Four Corners community. And I heard the Sullivan family again. And I noticed that night they didn't have a mandolin player. And hmm. uh I don't have a bashful bone in my body, you know. And <laughs> so I kind of invited myself to play the mandolin with him. And Brother Enoch Sullivan, he asked me, he said, well, are you any good? And I said, well, I'm not going to degrade myself. And he said, well, <laughs> he said, I tell you what, you just kind of get up here behind us and, and uh chop along with us, you know. And so I got my mandolin and got up there behind him. And I could tell as the night went on, he was listening to me, you know. He was paying attention. And... uh he said, "Come up here and take a break on the mic, you know." And I eased up in there on one of them songs and took a break on my and Of course, the 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 crowd there at the church that night, oh, they just give me a big hand, you know. I was I was about, I think I was 14, maybe 15 years old at that time. And uh, so anyway, that was the the first night I got to play with them. And then later on, when they, especially when they found out that I homeschooled. That was that was a good thing for them because they knew I'd be able to travel and they talked to my parents and and uh, got the okay from them and so the next year I started traveling and playing with the Sullivan family and uh, they really kept me busy there for about three and a half right at four years, playing mainly the mandolin with them but I, I did play some guitar and banjo with them also, and uh, but it was just a great great time in my life and a great opportunity to learn. Uh, how to play bluegrass and bluegrass gospel music from a band that had been going for over 50 years at the time
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, you're listening to the Arts Hour on Mississippi Public Broadcasting I'm Larry Morrissey and our guest today is Alan Sibley. He's the singer multi-instrumentalist band leader of Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers He's got a new television show on RFD TV, which is stands for Rural free delivery, right? That's, right? That's
1: right. That's right. It's rural America's most important network. They've trained me to say that up there. There you go. You're well trained, <laughs> and they have agriculture shows,
0: horse shows, they and lots do. of lots of uh, traditional music.
1: They do. If if uh, for good country people, you know, that live out in the rural areas of the United States, there's not a better channel on television, I don't think, than than, than RFD TV. They really. Uh, if you want to know what the price of corn is going for today, you can turn on their market day report and you'll know in just a few minutes. <laughs> and that's, that's really cool. Important you know, information It yep, is. It for, is for those folks. It is.
0: Well, now, so you mentioned the Sullivans and, and so the Sullivan family was kind of your, your bluegrass school, I guess. As it it were. was,
1: it was, a it was a, a time in my life. I started playing with them when I was 15 years old and I worked with them up until the point I was, uh, 19. And those were years that, you know, they, they afforded me the opportunity to travel all over the United States, um, get to play, man, some of the biggest crowds I've ever played in front of to this day were, right, were with the Sullivan family. We played uh, Bill Monroe's, uh, the uh, dedication and ribbon cutting when they restored his house there that he grew up in in Rosine, Kentucky. I'll never forget playing that day at Jerusalem Ridge there in Rosine, Kentucky, it was about right at 21, 22,000 people there that day. And uh, that was pretty intimidating for a 15-year-old, I'm gonna tell you. But uh, they, they gave me a great opportunity as a, as a teenager to travel and, and, and met a lot of great people all over the country then. And uh, and those friendships are, are still there today, you know.
0: And uh, Enoch Sullivan, who's kind of the patriarch of the yes. family and the and the yes. band leader, uh, we, when we were talking on the phone a while back, you were talking about some of the lessons that you learned from Enoch, especially as it comes to being a band leader yourself, kind of learning from
1: him. Yes, he, uh, I tell you, he was a great communicator. Oh, he could tell a story. I I, I used to uh, uh, love to listen to him tell stories. He kind of, in a way, he would remind you a little bit of Jerry Clyer. You know how Jerry Clyer said he didn't tell funny stories, he just told stories funny? Uh, Brother Enoch was the same way, you know, and he he really knew how to communicate, and uh, he did that from the stage also. I mean, he could do it. He could do it on stage or off; it didn't matter. And uh, he was just a very humble person, and uh, but I tell you, people could really relate to him. He uh, he taught me some good lessons. You want me to tell you one? That would be great. When I was about sixteen or so, I was going through this phase that some teenagers go through. I ain't gonna say all teenagers, but some of them where I thought I knew most everything, you know, and, and uh, I had really studied a lot of history in bluegrass. I, that's all, I I just lived and breathed bluegrass music, that's all I wanted to study, you know, and, and uh, we were playing at a um, uh, Knights of Columbus Hall up in Elkton, Maryland, which ain't, ain't too far from Baltimore, And there was a bluegrass band that was very influential in that area called the Country Gentlemen. Charlie Waller played the guitar, John Duffy played the mandolin, Eddie Adcock played the banjo, Tom Gray played the bass fiddle, and uh, I was behind the Sullivan family's record table there that night, and there was an older gentleman came up to me and we got to talking and he... He made a statement that John Duffy started out playing guitar with another well-known bluegrass musician from the Washington, D.C. area called Buzz Busby, by the name of Buzz Busby. And uh, he was wrong. He was thinking about Charlie Waller. And so I got in this argument with this guy right there at the Sullivan's record table. And he was standing there holding their CDs looking at them. And so we got into this argument about who it was that played with buzz busby whether it was charlie waller or whether it was john duffy well anyway the guy just got kind of in a huff and he set that cd down and walked off oh that night that night in the van on on the way back to the hotel we were staying in old mr ennick he he done his finger like come up here to the front of the van so i can talk to you he said let me tell you something when you're at that record table if somebody walks up to you and they say man Oh, Earl Flat sure could pick that mandolin. You just say yes, sir. He sure could. How could I help you today? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the customer is always right, Alan. The
1: customer is always right, right, right. right. That's one of the lessons I learned from Brother Enoch right there. <laughs> and uh, and a lot of there were
0: other young young musicians that came in and out of that band as well, right?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I tell you, uh, Marty Stewart, the first uh, band that he toured with. Uh, was the Sullivan family. He he played with them right before he left to go with Lester Flatt and the Nashville grass. And uh, also Carl Jackson spent a summer playing uh, banjo and guitar with the Sullivans. And there's been a lot of great musicians that have been in their band through the years. Um, the Joe Stewart was one of Bill Monroe's uh, bluegrass boys that played, I think he played with Bill Monroe on and off for 40-something years, you know, played every instrument with Bill Monroe. Uh, Joe Stewart worked a lot with the Sullivans, and uh, Carl Shiflet. He has a bluegrass band, the uh, Carl Shiflet and Big Country Show. They're known all over the United States and Canada, and uh, Carl got his start playing with the Sullivan family. And I tell you, there's just been a lot of a uh, uh, lot of people have have come through the ranks of their band. It was a, it's a great it was a great school to learn bluegrass and bluegrass gospel music.
0: That's yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, well, let's not. Uh, delay the music itself. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna you you were telling me you've got some stuff you've just recorded that yes. is not yet released yep. but that you'd like to share with us today. So we'll sure do why it. don't you tell us a little bit about the first tune that we'll listen to.
1: Man there's a song that we uh, learned from Carl story. You've just about got to be a, a bluegrass historian to know who Carl story is but Carl story was from South Carolina had a band called Carl Story and the Ramblin' Mountaineers. He was uh, predominantly known as a bluegrass gospel artist, but he also did record a few secular uh, bluegrass records. And uh, one of the songs that I learned from him is an old song called No One Knew My Name, and I hope the folks enjoy it today.
0: Let's check it out. This is Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers on the Arts Hour. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and today our guest is Alan Sibley. He's the leader of Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers. They're a bluegrass group uh, based out of Northeast, uh, kind of Ackerman County, let's say. Yeah, that's say.
1: where I'm from, Choctaw Ack- County. Choctaw
0: County, not Ackerman. Yeah. Ackerman, Mississippi, Choctaw County. That's right, that's right. Uh, and and, and you all have got a, a, a new TV show that's come
1: out Dude. that you're hosting called The Bluegrass Trail. The Bluegrass Trail it comes on on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock p.m. Now, I know that's church time. And I don't want nobody to miss church, so you're just gonna have to set those DVRs and record the show. If you've got a DVR and you don't know how to set it, just grab the nearest teenager you can lay your hands on, and they'll set it for you. I guarantee you, these teenagers can 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 work at DVR. <laughs>
0: good advice. Good advice. So when we left you, we were talking about your time with the Solomon family from Alabama, but yes. but by kind of in your late teens, you were ready to kind of move on and do some other stuff.
1: Well. I left the Sullivans when I was 19 years old, and uh, Larry Wallace, uh, I know you're familiar with Larry Wallace, he is the, I call him the banjo, picking this banjo picker, whatever picked a banjo, and uh, at that time he was living in Starkville, Mississippi, and he had a group called the Larry Wallace Band, and uh, he was needing a guitar player and a lead singer, and uh, so he hired me to come play guitar and sing lead, which I had never sang Lead in a band before, because when I was with the Sullivans, I always sang harmony, uh usually the baritone part, or sometimes a what we call a low tenor and uh but they they never let me sing much lead, you know, but Larry he really gave me an opportunity to stand up there front and center and play a guitar and sing lead on on uh, uh bluegrass songs that oh that was just that was what I wanted to do, you know, and uh I played with Larry for about three years or so. And I also, at the same time, I played some with uh, Jerry and Tammy Sullivan. And they were related to the uh, Sullivan family, uh, but they weren't the same band. Uh, Jerry Sullivan was Enoch Sullivan's uncle. And uh, him and his daughter, Tammy Sullivan, they had a duo. And uh, I played mandolin with them and sang harmony uh, with them during the same time I was playing with uh, Larry Wallace in the Larry Wallace band. And uh, one of the highlights of my time with Larry, we recorded a CD uh, with Jim Brock. I don't know if, if you're familiar with Jim Brock or not, but he, uh, he's a legendary fiddler. He's from Aliceville, Alabama, which is just right across the state line there from Macon, Mississippi. And uh, Jim Brock, you know, he worked years and years with Jim and Jesse, um, James Monroe, Bill Monroe, Carl Sausman in the Green Valley Boys. He actually, uh, I think he recorded fiddle on a track or two with Jerry Reed. And uh, so uh, Jim Brock recorded a, uh, a album. We did it as uh, the Larry Wallace Band with Jim Brock or the Larry Wallace Band meets Jim Brock, I think is the is the title of it. And on the front, we're all like shaking hands with Jim. You okay. know? And uh, I really enjoyed that. That was that was something great to be a part of.
0: But eventually, you know, you realized. I think you were saying you. Well, you, you, you eventually, if you're going to stay in bluegrass, you kind of have to
1: man be your be a, your leader, own leader. I had a a dream, you know. I wanted to to have a bluegrass band, and 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 you know, I wanted to uh, I wanted to choose the songs we played and when we played and where, and you know, just had a I had an itch that I had to scratch, <laughs> for, for lack of a better way to put it. And um, I just really wanted to have my own band. And uh, a fellow down at Philadelphia, Mississippi, he was our first bass player. His name is Philip Willis. And I actually played the electric bass. But uh, me and him got together and started practicing. And uh, we got to talking about putting a band together. And uh, we met Bo Collier, who is from Union, Mississippi. And he plays guitar, great rhythm guitar player. And Bo Collier and Philip Willis and myself—we started the Magnolia Ramblers, just the three of us. We were just a trio, and uh, Philip actually helped me come up with the name, the Magnolia Ramblers, and we we uh, called it the Magnolia Ramblers because we were all from Mississippi. Now, through the years, I've kept the name, the Magnolia Ramblers, but now we've had musicians from Alabama and Tennessee and uh, Louisiana. We, you know, we kind of branched out a little bit, but. But we still call it the Magnolia Ramblers
0: and uh, so tell folks about kind of the the work some folks may just listen to the bluegrass show on Saturday nights they may not go out to festivals and that talk about kind of like what the what the the, the tour circuit what how how you go out there and and, and uh, where you play and, and and what that life is like a little bit.
1: Well, it's a lot of driving that's what it is <laughs> mainly we, we don't we don't get paid to play we get paid to drive there is what we joke about. And uh, we've gotten to where we play. We really play more out of the state of Mississippi than we do in it. And I'm not happy about that. I'd rather be playing close to home. Uh, but we, we travel a good bit. You know, bluegrass festivals are a fun atmosphere. Uh, we, we like that. You know, there's, there's usually, uh, uh, you know, it's a good family crowd. You know, it's, not, it's something you can take your, your, your youngins and your preacher to and not have to worry about what song's going to be sang or, or what might happen at the bluegrass festival and uh you know it's we, we enjoy being around other bands and and hearing hearing other musicians it's it's uh it's just a different atmosphere at a bluegrass festival altogether and uh when we really like but now I tell you what I really enjoy probably the most is uh which it' because it's a more personal setting we play a lot of churches and a lot of rural churches I mean places that that sometimes you wonder if you're on the right road. Am I ever actually gonna get there? And then you, you you start to get worried and all at once there's a church in front of you and you say, Well look at there. <laughs> the directions work this time. And uh but you know, I love to uh to meet people and I love to interact with people and you don't get to do that quite as much at a at a big festival where there's, you know, uh, a couple thousand people there. At a at a small country church, you know, where there's there's sixty or seventy people, there all in the sanctuary right there together. That's that's what I probably derive the most pleasure out of because it's, it's it's the the fellowship is so much better, you know. And uh, and of course we love to play the gospel bluegrass music too, and um, that's what we do when we play at churches. Versus when we play at a festival, we might we we usually kind of do a mixed set. We'll do some you know secular bluegrass and and uh, bluegrass gospel also. At a, at a bluegrass festival. Very good.
0: You're listening to The Arts Hour on MPB, and I'm Larry Morrissey, your host for today, and our guest is Alan Sibley of the Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers. They've got a new show, TV show, The Bluegrass Trail on RFD-TV. Well, uh, let's dip in and talk a little bit about the show. Let's uh, We've been talking around it, but let's let's talk about, of course, it's mm-hmm. Sunday nights at six mm-hmm. o'clock. Yes, tell, tell people about, you know, what when they tune in what's what's the lineup like what what happens on the show?
1: Well, it's a thirty minute show. Uh, the only complaint we get from people all over America is they wished it was an hour <laughs> and uh, but it's a thirty minute show and uh, it's real traditional bluegrass and uh, bluegrass gospel music i'm I'm uh, definitely a traditionalist. Uh, you know, I don't have anything against people that play progressive music or contemporary music, but but me, myself, you know, I'm definitely a tradition. I, we like to play songs that Bill Monroe and Flatten and Scruggs didn't play, but we like to play them like they would have played them, if that makes sense. And uh, But it's a 30-minute show. Um, we always play two songs at the beginning of the, of the episode. And then um, after the second song, they have a little segment of the show that they actually filmed in Choctaw County, Mississippi and uh they they sent a camera crew down here one saturday and followed me around one day with a camera and um i told little stories and things about bluegrass music and i might be fishing at the pond or i might be down at the uh barbecue smokehouse there in ackerman or i might be down on main street by the hoyt mean country music trail marker you can't never tell where you can't never tell where i'll be on those segments and uh but we we have that on there and then we have a guest band on every episode and our guest bands are from all over the United States we had bands in from Ohio and Kentucky uh, Missouri Tennessee North Carolina Alabama uh we just bands from all over you know and the guest bands we have are also real traditional uh bluegrass and bluegrass gospel music and then uh we always play a uh, one song to close it out with. And we also have a little, we call it the Fireside Chat. And and between you and me, the, the fire's not real. It looks real on TV, but it's one of them <laughs> digital fireplaces, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we we gang up around the fireplace and tell some stories about Bluegrass. Uh, uh, Larry Wallace and Butch Hodgins and Mark Tribble and Robert Montgomery and myself, we, we, we sit there around the fireplace and tell... Uh, stories about bluegrass. Some of them are personal stories that pertain to ourselves, and some of them are, are you know, right out of the history books of bluegrass music. And um, but you know, uh, we always close out with a uh, uh, a song by us, or or we have a young man from Missouri that's a fiddle player that we get sometimes. He, he he'll come in and play one of the old time fiddle breakdowns. His name is Trustin Baker. Uh, he plays in the Baker family bluegrass band out of uh, Birchtree, Missouri. But it's a real energetic show. I, I think people will like that about it. It's, it's, it moves along really fast. You know, with 30 minutes is over, and you're thinking, golly, there's no way that was 30 minutes. But if you check your watch, it was 30 minutes, you know.
0: And you had mentioned to me that they let you uh, choose the guest bands, right? They you did. Were,
1: yeah. uh, they did. You know, I'm really surprised at how much, um, when I contacted RFD, let me say this, I, I contacted them, And, you know, it was kind of one of these moments in your life where you think, what do I have to lose? You know, I thought, you know, I've got the email of the the founder and president of RFD. I'm going to send him an email and just ask him what it would take to get a traditional bluegrass and bluegrass gospel television show on RFD TV. And so I typed up this email, told him who I was and, and what my thoughts were and sent it to him. And within fifteen minutes, I got a response, and the response was simply, "Let's do it. We'll film it right here at our studio in Nashville." And I'm gonna tell you, you could have knocked me down with a feather, and I was just overcome with disbelief. I, I I couldn't believe it. You know, they didn't have. They couldn't have known who I was. I don't. I don't think. I mean, and I don't. And fifteen minutes wasn't enough time to get online and and Google me and find out. You know. Right. So. They really took a chance. They really took a chance on their end, and you know, through the the uh, weeks that followed that, before we actually started filming, you know, that he just every time there was a question come up, he would let me answer it. You know, and and right down to the to the the little stories and stuff that we tell, we they didn't tell us what to say or anything. It's uh, and I, I tell you this when you're watching. When you're watching the show, the MC work that I do is completely off the cuff. None of it is teleprompted or anything. I mean, it's just whatever come to my mind to say right at that time that the camera was rolling, which could be dangerous, you know. And But, uh, you know, they, they gave me a lot of control. They let me pick the songs. They let me pick the bands. They gave me a lot more leash than than I thought they would. they probably give me more leash than I would have given me if I were them. And... You know, we planned out 13 episodes. There was a lot a lot of lot of thought went into that and a lot of work. But so far everything has has been been very well received.
0: That's great. Well, let's, let's let's talk about it some more after the break, but let's hear another song from your your latest recording that's to be to come out but hasn't come out yet. So we're getting a preview here today. Yeah,
1: that's right. Pick that's another
0: right. one for us from Well, I tell group. you what.
1: There's a there's a gospel song that a real good friend of mine up in Philadelphia, Mississippi wrote. And uh, his name is Brother Leonard Barrier, and uh, he is a uh, great, great songwriter. He um, came to me for guitar lessons, believe it or not. I teach guitar lessons there at Philadelphia, and he told me that he wrote songs. You know, and at first I was, you know, I have people tell me all the time, you need to listen to this song that I wrote. And, you know, a lot of times I'm kind of skeptical because they don't really fit our genre of music but man he brought me a couple of songs and man they were really really great they you know they sound like it could have been written a hundred years ago and been out of one of the old shape note hymnals and uh, this song is one called the holy bright city of god and it's a uh, duet song that that i sing, and uh, robert montgomery sings the tenor part on it and i think you'll really like it the holy bright city of god written by mr leonard barrier in philadelphia mississippi
0: okay let's check it out alan sibley and magnolia ramblers on the arts hour
1: we're back for our final segment on the Arts
0: Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey and today our guest is Alan Sibley. He's a bluegrass musician out of Ackerman, Mississippi. And he and his band have a new show on RFD television called mm-hmm. the Bluegrass Trail that we've been talking about. I, I want before we left the Bluegrass Trail, I wanted to note, you know, just looking at some of the previews. Is that a lot of the bands that you have are some that even though they're traditional, they're up and coming young. Yes, They, yes. they might even You don't make have to one.
1: be famous to be on our show. You just have to be good.
0: But they're <laughs> but they're like young young people that are yes, coming up, right? Yes, We've
1: we've. we've uh, I tell you one that that I really like is the Baker family from birch tree Missouri, and I've known them all since they were real little. Like I'm talking seven, eight, nine years old, and uh, they're all teenagers now, and. Uh, Trusting baker he he's the oldest i think he's just turned 19 he's the fiddle player and uh we he was on with his family but he also plays on some of the episodes with us he's kind of our uh house fiddle player for the bluegrass trail and uh his little brother his name is elijah he plays the bass fiddle and man that little dude can whoop up on a big bass fiddle i mean the bass is twice the size he is and he's he's getting with it and then their little sister Karina. I accuse her of having three lungs. You've never heard <laughs> a girl can sing like her. I'm going to and she plays the mandolin too. I, th- I, th- I think uh, she's falling right into footsteps of, of of Rhonda Vincent. I really do. And uh, but the Baker family is, was, was uh, the, about the youngest band that we've had on the show, and I, I was really proud that that they were able to do it, and they did a terrific job. They they were on about three weeks ago, and I will say this: the show is in is. Um, Still being broadcast right now, but I know when they when they finish this first season, they will probably rerun the whole first season again because we we still haven't been able to get back in the studio to start the second season yet. But they have; they're interested in having you come back. Oh yes, yes, oh, we're trying to find we're trying to find the the dates on the calendar right now to to get every It's kind of, it's really hard to orchestrate because you have to uh, you have not only does our band have to 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 line up with RFD's calendar we have to try to get all the guest bands in on the same time too and you know it's, so it's really tough to to find the the uh time that, that everything can happen and it's filmed in the same studio where they do all of their live broadcasts during the week and for that reason we have to do it on the weekends when the studio is vacant and uh so it's really and of course the bands are always playing on the weekends oh yeah so you see the yeah. you, you see the dilemma there it's, it is really hard to make the schedules work but uh, it's it's definitely worth it. After all the trouble, it's definitely worth it. And
0: uh, when we were talking earlier, you had uh, off mic. You know, you mentioned the that your band had been seen on on shows on RFD prior yes. to that.
1: Yes, uh, we were to this show. We were uh, a guest on another show called the Cumberland Highlanders Show that was filmed at the uh, Bill Monroe Home Place uh, Festival. They call it the uh, Jerusalem Ridge Bluegrass Celebration. It happens there in Rosine, Kentucky. It's in Ohio County. Um, we played that every year for, ooh, I'm going to say seven seven or eight years. And they uh, were really good about putting us on the television show. Not not all of the bands that played the festival were featured on the show, but, but they were always really good about getting us on there several times a year. And, you know, our band, Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers, we, we, we enjoyed a lot of popularity from that. Just being on national television two or three times a year um, you know, we would pick up a lot of work from that, a lot of, a lot of bookings. Uh, we'd sell a lot of uh, merchandise, you know, uh, through the website. It just kind of, it, 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 it was a good thing. But then, um, t- due to, you know, conflicts that were out of our control, they, uh, the gentleman that was having the festival there, he, he ceased to do it. And when he quit having the festival, he also quit filming for the television show and uh because of that there was no new material on the show and then after a while their ratings dropped terribly you know because you know after you run reruns for so long people start changing the channel on you you know it's just the way things are and it really it really was a a setback to the bands that had enjoyed that popularity from the Cumberland Highlander show. Not just our band, but other other bands that had been on. There. You could feel the difference. Yes. Yep. Well, I I put like yes, my phone quit ringing as much as it was mm-hmm. people calling wanting to book us, and and uh, after we felt the crunch of that for for about two years. That's kind of what made me lead up to, you know, what have I got to lose? Why not contact RFD and and find out if they would have another Bluegrass music show? And I just wanted them to, you know, this is all kind of crazy. I never set out to be the host of the show. That wasn't even in my thinking to start with. I just was wanting to try to persuade them to do another show that we might could be on an episode of. Right. And uh, one day I was talking to the uh, chief content officer there with RFD. His name is Gary Kanofsky, and he said, you know, basically how did I feel about hosting the show? And, and really, I didn't know. I, You know, at first you think, yeah, that's great, I want to do that. And then you get to thinking, can I do that? You know, what all does that entail? Am I, can I step up to the plate and do that? And he, he told me, he said, well, we need somebody that's authentic. That was the word he used, authentic. And what he meant by that you know somebody out here playing the real bluegrass music and out here really doing it and uh and also just a real what you know bluegrass music is is a rural music it is it, it it's it's a country person's music you know, and so he wanted somebody basically he just wanted a real Mississippi redneck <laughs> and I told him I said well. If that's what you're after, I'm I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you ought you have seen them when they came down to uh uh film those segments. We went down to the pond there behind the house. He wanted, he wanted me to to be fishing while I was telling some of those bluegrass stories. And it had ju- oh it had come a monsoon the night before. It rained all night, and the little old road down to the pond was muddy. Oh it was just it was a mess. And and uh, we got on this gas powered golf cart going down there, and he was. He was hanging on the back, and I won't never forget that. I, I thought, I thought, man, these guys, that that, that, that this is authentic right here. They're going to know this is authentic. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're giving them their money's worth for right. showing up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're listening to the Arts Hour on MPB. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Alan Sibley. He's the band leader of Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers Bluegrass Group out of Ackerman, Mississippi, and they've got a new TV show called The Bluegrass Trail that's on RFD television. Um, before we uh, finish up, though, we want to mention that uh, folks coming to Jackson to yes. the two new museums can uh, see a little Alan Sibley and the oh, Magnolia Ramblers. let
1: me tell you something I'm proud of now. Man, we were, we were chosen back in 2016, I think it was, uh, to feature bluegrass music there in the Mississippi History Museum. And uh, we had a big concert up in Philadelphia, Mississippi. You were there, Mr. Larry. I remember I, seeing you I there. I came up for it, yeah. Uh, we, we were there at the Ellis Theater, and uh, the uh, video production company was from Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, they came down to the Ellis Theater there in downtown Philadelphia, and we, we put on a bluegrass concert. They filmed the whole concert there that night, and they used one of the songs uh, from that concert in the uh, music exhibit. I think it's called the Soul of Our State. Is that is that correct? That sounds right. I think it's the Soul of Our State uh, music exhibit there in the uh, Mississippi uh, History Museum, and we're just really really proud of that. I went down there about oh a week or so after it opened. You know when it when it first opened, I I I saw on my my TV where Donald Trump and all them were down there, and I. I figured I wouldn't go while he was in town. I didn't want to steal any of his thunder, you know. So, <laughs> so I waited. But hard to get in. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Pretty crowded those first few yeah, days. Yeah, that's right. right. I would. I probably wouldn't have got got in the door. So I waited about a week or so and went down there and and uh, I was just blown away by that. I won't, I just. I want everybody to. The, if you're in the Jackson area, you got to go in the Mississippi. Uh, two, the two museums are the Civil Rights Museum and the Museum of Mississippi History it's really really awesome yep. and uh we're really proud of that that exhibit that uh, it's a it's a old refurbished jukebox and look at there we got some bluegrass gospel in the jukebox you yep. you can watch us on a on a great big old TV down there, I got blues, uh, bluegrass, yeah. go- gospel, country, uh, country music. Yeah. yeah, I remember Conway Twitty is in there. I right. like Conway Twitty. I think it's
0: the Mississippi Louisiana. Was it Mississippi Man, Louisiana it, Girl? Yeah, with well, Loretta Lynn, Lynn. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, Muddy Waters is in there. I want. I think Alan Wolf is in that too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it's really great. We're really proud of that.
0: And now, kind of kind of going towards our plug thing you you took so the the, the folks came down from boston and they taped mm-hmm. your whole show they used one they only had room for the one song but you've taken the full concert now and you have a yes DVD we, of that. We,
1: we uh they, they gave us the raw footage of the uh uh concert and we had that edited into a dvd and we do have that for sale now you can get it on our website it's uh www.allensibley.com allen is spelled a-l-a-n AlanSibley.com, and uh, I do have my CDs and and the DVD uh, for sale. They're on our uh, store page. They're on the website. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have this uh, Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers live at the Ellis Theater, and uh, we're real proud of that DVD, too. And I tell you, the the song that they used in the uh, museum is not the song that they told me it was going to be the night of the concert. And if we'd have known that, we'd have played that a little better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, folks, if you go see him in person, he'll do it even better That's than right. at the museum.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Uh, well, um, now, when you're not on the road, you, you were telling me that you mentioned that you had a, uh, one of the guys who was a songwriter. You mm-hmm. was one of your students.
1: You, you yes, teach I guitar teach, and some instruments? I yeah. I teach uh, guitar. And mandolin and fiddle and banjo and, you know, anything bluegrass music related. And, and, you know, gospel music and old country. Um, I do teach lessons. I teach uh, uh, in Carthage, Mississippi, there at a a Christian school in Carthage. And then I also teach at the uh, First United Methodist Church of Starkville. I'm up there uh, once a week in Starkville. And I teach in Philadelphia at a uh, Pentecostal church there in Philadelphia. And uh, that kind of keeps me busy during the week. Now the weekends we we liable to be anywhere on the weekend, you know, traveling and playing music. But I do enjoy teaching, and I, and you know I I I enjoy teaching young people and and, and kids to play. But I tell you what, there, there's a there's another kind of pleasure you get out of. I, I teach adults, and you know I get I get uh, people that. You know, they may be 65, 70 years old, and they think they can't learn. You know, and then when you teach them how to play something, it just really puts a big smile on your face. Cause you, and I tell them all the time, it's never too late. I, I've had students as young as 4 and as old as 90 and everywhere in between. <laughs> well, that that covers it pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Now, for folks that are, uh, you know, there is a lot of bluegrass going on in Mississippi, in, inside the state, and uh, maybe not everybody is aware of that, but yes. maybe you could just speak to a little bit about kind of if people were interested in going out seeing you or other, or other I tell bands.
1: You the, about the best thing to do is uh, you can join the Magnolia State Bluegrass Association. I know you're familiar with that. And uh, they, they put out a, a blue newsletter, and I think uh, they put out about 10 newsletters a year now. And uh, you know it just has all the uh, events listed in the newsletter, and you can kind of keep up with the bands here in Mississippi, what's going on, where they're playing at, and and uh, two, be sure to listen to Bill Ellison on Grassroots because now he he uh, he's real good about announcing uh, anytime there's a bluegrass event somewhere in the state of Mississippi, he's really good about announcing that on uh, Mississippi Public Radio, and uh, but yeah bluegrass music needs more folks following it though i, I tell you we, the the younger people i don't know we're not seeing as many younger people coming to the music as as uh we have in years past and uh so I, I do want to encourage people to to give bluegrass a chance give it a listen i think i think a lot of people would like it and they don't know it you know
0: yeah and the and the bluegrass association puts on uh it's not quarterly. At least two or three shows a year that they, they do. sponsor. They do. that are very affordable, and and yes, uh, you get to yes. see a lot of local bands.
1: And if you're a member of the uh, of the Magnolia State Bluegrass Association, you get in for free at the association shows. And uh, they and I, I believe they're, they're having three of them a year now. And um, I tell you, uh, we have one in my hometown of Ackerman, Mississippi. We we kind of host that. Uh, me and my, my buddy up there, his name is Ronnie Pruitt. He's the MC for the the uh, uh, show there. It's the Magnolia State Bluegrass Association Summer Show. We have it every year there in Ackerman at the uh, Choctaw County Community Center. It's the uh, third Saturday of July every year. And it's a, uh, oh, we had a packed out house or about, about a month ago we had it. Very good. And uh, yeah, I tell you what, it it's just a, it's a fun day always there in Ackerman.
0: Well, let's uh, before we, we head out, let's let's
1: remind everybody about the television show. Yes, it's the Bluegrass Trail comes on on Sunday nights, six p.m. here on at uh in, on Central Time, and uh, it's on RFD TV. Now that's available on Dish Network and DirecTV. I think on DirecTV it's channel three forty-five, and on Dish Network it's channel two thirty-one, and it's also available on uh, cable. On a lot, a lot of your cable companies carry RFD TV and also some of your internet providers uh, uh, have RFD TV. And uh, it's just good traditional bluegrass and bluegrass gospel music. We host the show every week. And uh, I think I think folks will like it. It's, it's really a high energy show. It's only 30 minutes and it gets by really quick. You know, it, it, you, you'll think it ain't 30 minutes long, but it is. It's called the Bluegrass Trail. and folks wanting to know about, like,
0: your upcoming dates or other information about the band?
1: Our website. Yeah. Go to uh, www.allensibley.com. That's Alan spelled A-L-A-N, Sibley, S-I-B-L-E-Y, allensibley.com. And uh, we keep all of our tour dates on our schedule there on the website. Uh, we also have our uh, music available uh, for purchase there on the website. That's about the best way to keep up with us. And you can also find us on Facebook at Alan Sibley and the Magnolia Ramblers. And uh, I'm a big Facebooker. My wife fusses at me all the time. She says, you stay on that Facebook. and uh, But I'm, I'm on our near every day. She says, you know? I'm
0: promoting, I'm promoting. That's right, that's right. That's right. And, if, and
1: if you message me, you actually get me. I don't have a secretary or, or an intern or nothing like that. It's actually me.
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, Alan, thanks so much for coming down today. We really appreciate it. Well,
1: Mr. Larry, I appreciate you having me. It's good to be here.
0: For those of you tuning in late and you'd like to listen back to the beginning of the show or you'd like to share the show with a friend, you can go to the MPB website at mpbonline.org. They post all the past Arts Hour shows there for you to share and, 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 and pass around. Um, you can also download the Arts Hour from, as a podcast. So go to your whatever podcast provider that you use and you can download it to your phone or whatever device you use to listen to those. Until next time, we'll be seeing you around.